Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome to tonight's broadcast of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. If you're listening live tonight, that means that you are either skipping the Super Bowl or you are going to DVR it and watch later. Either way, thanks for listening. I'm sure all you listeners will join me in wishing a happy birthday to our host, Pastor Matthew Recker, who celebrated a big birthday just yesterday. You turned 40, right? Is that right? That's right. (laughs) For the 15th time. (laughs) My name is Micah, and tonight we are going to have another great conversation about the Book of Romans. But before we do that, there is some news to share. So, Pastor Matt, I'll throw it over to you. Oh, so we have just felt the Lord leading us, right, Micah, uh, that God would um, have us leave the radio for now. Yeah. And discontinue. We, I, I guess a political candidate would say suspend. Suspend. That means, <laughs> that means we could re-engage yes. if the Lord would so lead. But we're going to suspend the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. And our last program will be at the end of the month. So mm-hmm. for those faithful listeners, we want to thank you for listening to us out there, for our Heritage Baptist Church family. Mm-hmm. I know that we have faithful listeners, especially among the young people like Emily mm-hmm. and like Phoebe and Chloe. Mm-hmm. Those are some of our young people I know who are out there listening. And so we thank you all for listening. And it's been such a blessing, yeah. Micah, being with you mm-hmm. and studying God's Word with you. And we've done a lot of different things, the book of Revelation, yeah. and we did creation, and the book of Romans, and so we've tackled some big, important subjects, I believe, and mm-hmm. and you've always been so amazingly prepared, and as well as getting great panelists from our church, as well as outside, and so it's been such a blessing, and Dr. Hahn... Uh, doing the call screening and just your dedication both that you have i just want to say thank you oh thank you pastor matt we've been on the air for a little bit over three years uh we started again at the height of the pandemic really the end of 2020 we just felt like god was leading us back on we wanted to reach people that we weren't able to reach because they weren't not everybody was coming out to church services yeah so it's been great right and and uh, i love the scripture in psalm 31 related to this it says my times are in thy hand Mm. and so god knows our ways he knows the winds the where's the why's the house our times are in his hand and that psalm also psalm 31 in verse number 21 says, Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. Hmm. So God has shown us his grace and kindness in our city through this program. Yep. And it has been a real joy. And um, we've had, we have had visitors come to, uh, to us. And we have a panelist here with us tonight who listened to us in the past and started listening to us again and is in our church now. So there has been some fruit uh, from that. And uh, if there are any other listeners who want to continue hearing us, come out to our church. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Come on out on Sunday to PS3 at 490 Hudson Street at 10 a.m., 11 a.m. is our Bible study hour. I believe you'll be blessed by our church family. And, you know, we had a a, a beautiful service today. We We had a baby dedication. Mm -hmm. uh, And we had a a lot of family coming 
uh, for that baby dedication of the couple dedicating their baby. And one of the, the moms of, of the, said to me, she said that, you know, our church has a real beautiful community, a loving mm. community. Mm. You know, so that was an encouragement for that somebody from the outside could right. come in and just sense that. Yeah. And so we do invite our listeners to come. We're not a perfect church, obviously, but uh, we, we are a Bible-believing church with loving people. And we would welcome you if you were to come. So come and check us out some Sunday. And uh, we're happy to be here tonight with one of our faithful members of many years, Sister Lintia, who faithfully leads our Women's Fellowship. Thank you, Lintia, for being on with us once again. I'm honored. Thank you, Pastor, for having me here. Thank you, you, Micah. And this is a great subject we're going to be talking about tonight in Romans chapter 12 about surrender to Christ's service. And you are a surrendered servant to the service of Christ, Lentia. So we look forward to hearing what God puts on your heart to share with us this evening. And and then we have with us Sister Stephanie. And I know you have some friends listening tonight, Stephanie. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Micah. And it's a privilege to be here. And I'm I'm happy to be here for the second time. That's right. And it must feel a little bit strange after listening to the program all these years and then actually being on the air. What What is that like? It's weird, Pastor, because <laughs> <laughs> I have a headset on. The first time I was here, I was hearing your voice, and I'm used to that, listening to you. But then you're asking me a question, so I feel like I'm talking to the radio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how it feels. It's weird because yeah. I have to answer. Yeah. But it's it's been such a joy, and I learned so much from this um, radio program, and I'm a little bit sad, but I trust the Lord that He'll lead, yeah. you know, our ministry to something better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is a, a bit sad, but yes. uh, we <laughs> believe God will have His way in these in these times. And dear friends, the the phone line is open if you would like to give a call and say a word of encouragement, or if you need prayer or any questions that you may have about the Bible, we'll just throw it open to you tonight. If you have any questions that you would like to ask us, you feel free to give us a call at 929-333-3739. We do have loving and wonderful call screeners here tonight to just share your burden and lift you up before the Lord at 929-333-3739. And we're going to be in Romans chapter 12 tonight, and the theme of our of our program this evening is being surrendered to Christ's service. So we're going to start us off. I'll start us off in Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read the entire chapter this evening. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another." Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait in ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, 
he that ruleth with diligence, he that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Let's pray this evening. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you spell carefully out for us and clearly what it is to surrender to you and then elements and aspects of our surrender and service to you. So, Lord, we pray that we would all grow in Christian maturity and that our concern for others would outweigh our concern for ourselves, and that, Lord, as we live and serve you in this city, that the that this age, that this world system would not force us to into its mold, but that we would be conformed to your mold and not the mold of the world. So bless this time now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you know, after three chapters of God's dealing with Israel, Paul now says, I beseech, which is literally a pleading Mm. and a praying and a begging of people that by the mercy of God that they would surrender their life. Mm. And he says, by the mercies, and he says, I beseech you, therefore. And, you know, it's been well said, I've heard, whenever I've heard this verse preached, people say that therefore is there because of when, what went before, mm-hmm. that therefore. Mm-hmm. I beseech you on the basis of everything that I've just said, which is that God is a God of mercy. Mm-hmm. Verse 32 says that he might have mercy upon all, and that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Paul has been writing about the mercy of God to Jew and Gentile. Mm. And so he says, on the basis of the mercies of God, give your life, Mm. whoever you are, Mm. Jew or Gentile, young or old, you've come from near or far, surrender your life to Jesus. So let's talk about surrendering our life to God this evening and then engaging in humble service in Christ's body. And yes, a believer's surrender must be grounded on the mercy of God. And Stephanie, as we think about surrender, you've heard, have you heard messages on surrendering your life to the Lord? It's, uh, yes, Pastor. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a common subject, and it's such a common type of term we throw around, surrender, but why don't we for really try to nail down what it is, what is it to surrender our life to God? What's your view and understanding of that? Um, when I read this verse, Pastor, I can almost hear Paul, you know, mm. because 
because of the word that he used. He said, I beseech you. He was literally pleading, begging, mm-hmm. appealing mm-hmm. to the believer's will and intellect to consider the generous and abundant mercies that God has shown us. Surrendering to God is to let God take control of your life, mm-hmm. yeah. your body, your mm-hmm. mind, and spirit. Paul says that surrender is giving ourselves as a living holy sacrifice to God and only because God works his mercies in us that we are able to do and or to give a fitting response of a reasonable sacrifice. I mean, I'm always amazed that God never asked us to do something that he himself would never do and mm-hmm. so much more. Mm-hmm. He gave his only begotten son Jesus to be humiliated yeah. and to die in our place so he could save and reconcile us sinners to himself the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And it is a sacrifice that Jesus, he laid his life down and and took it up again, and redeeming us because of his great love for us. There is no better sacrifice than that. John Van Gelderen says, it is to give your all to Jesus and then trust entirely to take it. Andrew Murray in Absolute Surrender says that it is to give ourselves entirely to God as Christ was given up to his Father and then to seek always to do things that please God. Jesus depended entirely on the Father's power, and he was focused entirely on the Father's pleasure mm-hmm. in complete obedience to his Father's will. The Apostle Paul himself illustrates surrender when he said to Jesus on the Damascus Road, What wilt thou have me to do? Surrender is being who the Lord wants you to be, mm. doing what the Lord wants you to do, and going where the Lord wants you to go. God wants all of you. And you know why? Why? Because he knows what is best for you, and he loves you with an eternal love through Jesus Christ. So come to Jesus, our friends and our Amen. listeners. That's right. That's beautiful, <laughs> Stephanie. Amen. And I like especially what you said there, that Jesus himself was surrendered. Mm-hmm. In his humanity, Jesus surrendered himself entirely to the Father. And the way I like to put that is that he depended entirely on the Father's power in his humanity. He walked in the Spirit as we are to walk in the Spirit, in full dependence on the Father's power. And then he was focused entirely on the Father's pleasure. So surrender isn't doing what pleases me. It's doing what pleases God. So it's depending on God's power, focusing on God's pleasure. I, I like that definition. Mm, yeah. Micah? Yeah, well, you know, when we read this word sacrifices, you know, oftentimes I think our minds naturally go back to the Mosaic Law and specifically, you know, the book of Leviticus where we learn about different types of sacrifices. And, you know, there were burnt offerings and grain offerings, peace offerings, sin offerings and trespass offerings. And the Lord, he required each sacrifice for different reasons. So some were offered as an atonement for sin. Some were offered up in worship. Others were offered in praise. And Jesus, of course, he made the once for all sacrifice for our sins so that we could be reconciled in our relationship with God. But Paul, he's still beseeching Christians, begging Christians toward sacrifice. So he says, because, you know, the brethren, that's us. He says, present your bodies as living sacrifices. And so we give our ultimate offering to the Lord in this case, an offering that encapsulates all those intentions of the Old Testament sacrificial system. So to surrender our lives to God is to be in a regular state of sanctification, worship, and praise and those actions in relationship with our creator they're still necessary and 
the idea that we're living sacrifices, it just means that we're continuing throughout our lives. Yeah. And you know, think of a surrendered sacrifice. I mean, a sacrifice is bound to the altar. It can't get off. It's, yeah. it's tied there. And so, but we're a living sacrifice. Living, yeah. And, and I like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, where he talks about our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we are not our own. Yeah. So surrender realize, a surrendered person realizes, I'm not mine. I've been bought with a price. And now my, my sole goal is to glorify God in the life that I have with my body and with my spirit. Lentia, would you like to add to this matter of surrender? Yes, yes. Um, so sometime back, um, Yvonne Sapolet sang this song in church. Um, it says, Jesus, take the wheel. But, but my question tonight is, why did Paul make this desperate, urgent request for believers to surrender to God? And I want to believe that his experience, his life of experience, had a lot to do with it. Uh-huh. It's been said that experience is the greatest teacher. Um, he said we are called to live a counter-cultural lifestyle. Mm-hmm. In addition, it is a spiritual act of worship. Mm-hmm. See, in the Old yeah. Testament, the sacrifice was a lamb. Yeah. In the New Testament, the sacrifice is ourselves. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, the sacrifice died. In the New Testament, the sacrifice is quickened. Hmm. Therefore, it is indicative of making Jesus Lord of all lives. By the way, this surrender does not happen overnight. It takes a number of failures, convictions, repentance, and acknowledgement. Hmm. That's such a good yeah. point. And I think it just it goes along with what Jesus said over and over. And he said it a bunch of different ways. But um, one of the ways he said it was, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me, Luke nine twenty three. It's just this message of Jesus continued now in the words of Paul. Yeah, and, and thank you for bringing out that last phrase from Romans 12, uh, verse 2, where he says that giving ourselves in sacrifice to God is our reasonable service. And literally, it's, it's the word logical. It's logical, mm-hmm. and the word service is really a priestly word. It's our logical act of priestly ministry to the Lord. He's worthy mm-hmm. for us to give ourselves to him. So as Paul works through this chapter, he does. He, he It's very logical, actually, too, where he moves from surrender And then when you surrender your life, there's going to be a transformation in your life. And then when you go through this transformation, that will then thrust you into service for Christ. Paul's going to talk about our service out of our surrender. And then he's, then as he talks about service, he said that service must be loving and genuine. And then the final part of this chapter is dealing with, with revenge and not taking revenge on others. And the idea is when you surrender mm-hmm. and live as a transformed being to the Lord and you give your life to service, you're going to have opposition. Yeah. And so you, we, we have to know also how to relate and respond to those who oppose and resist us. So that's kind of like the whole flow of this chapter. So we've talked about surrender. And now, Lentia, so as we surrender ourselves, God begins this work of transformation in us. So let's focus in on Romans 12, verse 2. What does this verse tell us about our transformation? So when I hear transformation, Pastor, I think about change, right? Changing form. Mm-hmm. The, the prerequisite for transformation, I think, is to surrender, he changes us. This transformation is not physical, but spiritual. 
and it takes place in the innermost part of our being. Sometimes I like to ask the Lord to do inventory, just search the the secret closet of my heart, just Mm. bring out the invisible. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit takes God's word and changes our thinking, erases the data on our hard drive from experiences, culture, perceptions, but we have to yield. We have to stop and, and disconnect, power down like the caterpillar changing to the butterfly. Yeah. He equips us and empowers us with his dudamist to live for him, to accomplish his will and his purpose in our lives. At some point in our 24 hours, we have to tap into the spiritual. James chapter 4, verse 7 and First Peter chapter 5 encourages us to do that, hmm. to meditate and to regurgitate on the word of God. Yeah, and uh, a key word here, and you brought it out, uh, that transformation is literally the metamorphosis of a caterpillar into a butterfly, and that's our our English word metamorphosis comes from that original language word being transformed, and then it's a renewing of our mind, and really the only way ultimately our mind is going to be renewed is by the Word of God. And dear friends, our phone lines are open If we can pray with you about your surrender to God, maybe you've been surrendered in the past, but you've kind of jumped off the altar of sacrifice, but you know in your heart you need to re-surrender, and that's okay. There's an example of re-surrender in the Bible in the book of Jonah. I think Mm, Jonah kind of got off the track, and he had to surrender himself when he was in the belly of that great fish. So if you need to re-surrender or surrender for the first time, Call us this evening at 929-333-3739. Or maybe we can pray with you about how you can be transformed into the image of Christ. So, Michael, if you could talk more on how God does change and transform our lives from Romans 12.2. Yeah. Well, the transformation in verse 2, it's really a direct outflow, as Lintia was saying, of the, it's the result of that sacrifice made in verse 1. And let me just read verse 2 again, because it's just so good. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if we offer ourselves up constantly on the altar of God, as we've been talking about, there can only be transformation. You know, the two things, they go hand in hand. If there's Sometimes people talk about this term where people use referring to believers who are living as if they are of this present world. They call them carnal Christians. Well, if such people are true believers, Paul would say that they have to be that they have been conformed to this world and they need to stop, turn around, go the other direction. And again, the various acts that would categorize being living sacrifices, it's continual surrender, sanctification, worship and praise all done through the Word of God, and that's what's going to transform our minds. And last week I was uh, down in Texas, and I was talking to one of my aunts, and she was just telling me how thankful she was that she was raised in church. She said, you know, there have been so many times where she's lying on her bed, worried or anxious about something, and then the Holy Spirit just prompts Bible verses or Bible stories to flow into her mind. And the scriptures that she remembers are specifically tailored to comfort her, to bring her peace at just the right time. And so you could say that her mind has been renewed and she has been transformed because of it. Amen. Dear friends, do you need to surrender yourself to Christ? Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. We're going to go to a song, and while this song is playing, it's a good time for you to call us at 929-333-3739. And just to remind you as well that God's will 
is not it's not a formula it's not a feeling but it is good and it's acceptable and perfect will of god that you surrender your life to jesus here's a beautiful song the least we can do to give ourselves to the Lord. And we may feel, I know I feel, well, I don't have much to give. I'm not super talented, Lord. I don't have a lot to offer you. But it's not what you have to offer in in quantity that matters. It's like that little boy that that song was just about. He just gave that basket of a few fish and and bread, and it was mightily used to feed the multitudes. Mm. So we never know how God can use us. Surrender your life to him and give us a call and let us pray with you about it at 929-333. 
888-900-3739. So, Mike, as we go move ahead, we, we move from, as I mentioned earlier, from surrender, mm-hmm. and then there's a transformation, and then that leads us into service. That's really just the practical result of a surrendered life that's mm-hmm. being transformed, is that then that one will engage in ministry for the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, what are some principles here about our service to Christ in Romans chapter 12 and verses 3 through 5? Yeah, well, in verses 3 to 5, Paul, he gives these three general principles to consider in service to Christ. And I see that each principle is described by a key word. And I came up with number one, humility, two, diversity, and three, unity. Um, So the first humility, Paul says, don't think of yourselves more highly than anyone else when looking at the body of Christ. And he's coming against our old fashioned pride. And uh, you spoke about that even this morning, Pastor. And so the flesh, it desires to be better in some way than the person standing next to us. But that is not how a transformed mind thinks. Jesus said, the last shall be first. Paul says, don't be intoxicated with your view of your own self, but think soberly with humility about every fact, the fact that every gift you have comes from the Lord, and God gives gifts to every member of the body through his grace. The second principle is diversity. Verse 4 says, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So this is just a quick statement, but Paul expounds on it further in 1 Corinthians 12, where he's talking about that just like a body needs an ear and a nose and an eye, the church needs a diverse set of people who will fulfill all the different roles. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later on. But thirdly, we need unity in our service to Christ. So again, in the same way that the diverse body parts make up a healthy and functioning body, all the individuals, the servants of Christ Jesus, are necessary to make up the functioning body of Christ. So humility, diversity, Mm -hmm. unity, it's not easy, but that is the goal. Yeah, that's really good, Micah. And and this passage is so practical because first you know, a lot of people too, they even wonder, should I join a church? Where where does it say that I should become a member of a church? Mm-hmm. Some churches don't even have membership. And yeah. I I really disagree with that kind of of, of philosophy of ministry. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's no command in the New Testament that's this clear. You shall join a church, like you must be born again, or yeah. believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. There's no clear command to, you must join a church. But there are definitely indirect implications that lead you to the to the conclusion that church membership is an absolute must for a New Testament Christian. Mm -hmm. And this is one of these passages where it says we have many members in one body. So there you go. Mm -hmm. You should become a member of a church. (laughs) And just like our body, and this made a lot of sense to me, Uh our body has identifiable body parts. I have a a certain number of bones, a certain number of organs, a certain number of fingers, and and so forth in our body. Identifiable I'm thankful I have one nose and not two, and two ears and not one, you know? And and so they're identifiable body parts. And so the church is a body and should have identifiable body parts, which requires membership in the church. So I believe that is an important thing uh, about this, about our ministry is that we, we are serving in and through the local church, which is the body of Christ. And we've identified with that body as a member. So, Lentia, yes. did you want to add to that? Sure, sure, Pastor. Um, so, 
I mean, I, I agree with you, Micah, Pastor, I agree with you, too, about unity and, and the various parts of the, the body coming together. Mm-hmm. But I think, first, we need to know our purpose. One has to know their purpose. Second, I think they have to understand their calling. Um, I mean, whether you're a hand, an eye, a foot, when, when I say praise the Lord or to God be the glory, it reminds me that I am not the captain. He is the captain. Mm-hmm. In ministry, we are interdependent on each other. Yeah. Like the food chain mm-hmm. or symbiosis. Yeah, that's right. That's and, w- and what time did good. you text us this morning, Lintia? But it just shows how we all have to work together. And yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We, are, we are interdependent totally. on each other. I mean, my, my uh, left pinky can do nothing without <laughs> the rest of the hand and the mm-hmm. arm and the brain and so forth. And so there is an interdependence in the body of Christ working together to fulfill a function to bring glory to God in our world. And dear friends, don't, don't think as well, well, I, I can't do anything in the church, so I'm not going to join. That's not the right way of at all looking at it. When you're saved, God gives you spiritual gifts. And what's clear is that every believer is gifted with a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. And we need to be exercising our spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, would you like to add? Um, I've heard some Christians, Pastor, that say, oh, I don't need to be a member of the church because oh. they're, you know, I'm saved anyway, regardless if, if I joined the local church or not. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that, I think, is that the members of the body in the church, if you're not there, they're missing your blessing, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of us are blessing to each other and yeah. we're helping each other in times of need or prayers or, you know, things happen in life and we need our brothers and sisters you know, in the Lord to pray for one another. So I think it's a, it's a big deal if if you say you're a Christian, and it's also for your own personal growth as a Christian to join a local church like Heritage Baptist Church, and you can grow here and 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 listen to where God is leading you. Yeah, I mean, so I have ten fingers. Imagine if I looked at one morning, it's like, oh, where's only, where, I only have nine fingers. Where'd my other finger go? Oh wait, I just decided to go to Micah's pod. <laughs> you know, so you know, you gotta, you should join a church and then be accountable and faithful Amen. and responsible so you can be involved. I mean, who's going to teach Sunday school if they're not faithful in that local church? Yeah. Who's going to sing in the choir and who's going to, uh, you know, do so many things and be an usher or or just serve in one of the ways of the church is that they're, they're there. So, dear friends, if we could pray with you, I know there's somebody out there right now. You're struggling with the very thing we're talking about, faithfulness in a local church and being involved in ministry. And, you know, a lot of people have been hurt in church, yeah. and they say, I'm not going back to church because mm-hmm. the people yeah. have bruised me and hurt me. And w- I understand that. You will get hurt in church, you know. Yeah. I mean, because we, we're we people, and we brush up against people, and there's going to be some friction involved mm-hmm. when you do go into a local church. But that's where there needs to be love and mercy and forgiveness and grace. But if we can pray with you, and I know there's somebody out there hurting that needs prayer give us a call at 929-333-3739 so down in verses six through eight paul outlined seven spiritual gifts they are prophecy ministry teaching exhortation giving leadership and mercy we don't have time to highlight every one of those gifts but but i've asked each of you if you could please highlight at least one of these so Micah, why don't we start with you okay. and just share what gift you'd like to talk about and share w- what's on your heart. Sure. Uh, the first spiritual gift that's mentioned in this passage is prophecy. 
and a true biblical understanding of this gift is broader than most people might think. You know, it goes beyond making predictions about the future events by the word of the Lord, especially in our day, because the biblical, the biblical canon, the Bible itself, has been closed. So prophecy, it's literally foretelling of the word of God. So in a strict yeah. sense, an Old Testament figure like Isaiah or Daniel, he foretold from the mind and counsel of God. He spoke God's words of judgment rebuke, and also encouragement. So in our day, because we now have the completed scriptures, to prophesy is to make known the truth of God through various methods in order to persuade the hearer. And if you wonder who the prophet in today's church is, listen to Paul's description in 1 Corinthians 14.3. He says, But he that prophesieth speaketh unto the men, uh, unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Well, that's what the pastor does. So the pastor is the prophet. Is that how you see it, Prophet Wrecker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much how I see it as well, <laughs> that we have the complete word of God so that prophecy is really a preaching of the prophecy mm. that we have. And mm. and it's not a, 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 a prophet, or if you will, one prophesying today is not just saying something that's outside the Bible, yeah. but is speaking what is written in the Bible. Mm-hmm. For no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. So, so the prophecy, that word is itself is used for the scripture itself. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with you that it's a, a broader sense term. So, Lentio, what spiritual gift would you like to highlight? Uh, teaching and exhortation, Pastor. So, mm. in, in my opinion, right, I, I think that teaching and exhortation are intertwined. Because the teacher's goal is not just to instruct but for retention and application of the information presented. Mm -hmm. God gives the teacher grace to educate by clearly explaining. In Proverbs, it's emphasized numerous times that in all our getting, we should get understanding. Mm -hmm. The teacher delights in study and research of the word of truth. Some unique qualities of a good teacher are patience and empathy. See, a teacher also exhorts and encourages when you exhort, you stir up one's ability to, to be motivated and, again, to retain and, and to apply biblical principles in their situation. In Second Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, which is our Women's Fellowship uh, model, we're encouraged to encourage each other. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. The one with these gifts encourages, and, um, encourages the, the ones who is discouraged and, and challenged. Um, so in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, um, Paul talks about that a bit. I am subjected to my purpose. When I was appointed to lead the woman's fellowship, I told the Lord, like Mary said in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, be it unto me. Like Solomon said in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, I prayed for a wise and understanding heart. In hmm. Like Paul, I, I prayed for the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Amen. Amen. That's, that's wonderful, Lentia. And God has really used you in our church to be a teacher and to be an exhorter. Hmm. I like somebody has said that a teacher gets somebody to say, oh, I see it. I understand it. I see it. Hmm. And then an exhorter is able to encourage somebody to say, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. You know, so exhortation does have hmm. that thrust of, of application hmm. as well. So, Stephanie, what spiritual gift is on your heart to share? 
um, giving, Pastor, mm. uh, verse 8. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. With simplicity means with sincerity and without any motive, with singleness of heart and the desire to glorify God. It is not giving because you want to receive something in return. Yeah. Or to earn brownie points with God. Mm. Unfortunately, <laughs> some people do that. They think they can buy God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Second um, um, Corinthians nine seven reads, "Not to give grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver." Mm. I think about the widow's mite in Luke twenty one. Jesus saw this poor widow giving her two mites mm. in the treasury. Jesus said she gave more than all the rich people who gave out out of their abundance because that was everything she had. Um, giving back to God is a privilege. He owns it all, even our breath. He, he, it's his. It is important in the body of Christ to support our church's operational expenses because we do have operational yeah. expenses yeah. to fund ministries in our church, support um, to further the preaching of the gospel, both locally and internationally, so people can hear the good news of eternal salvation, mm-hmm. and also to help our brothers and sisters in church who need financial assistance. I, in Acts four, Pastor, the early you know believers, there were it said uh, in the beginning of verse thirty-two, it said they were one of heart and one of soul, and no one claimed their possession was his own. But they had all things in common, and no one lacked. They owned lands and houses, and they sold them and brought the prices of things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man as he needed. This is, I read, I read it, and I say, you know, it's a beautiful example to follow for us mm-hmm. believers being a good steward of what God gave us. And by the way, we can never outgive God right. That's ever, right. That's right. ever. You know, the gift of giving is interesting because that shows us also that somebody, you know, we're, we're going to take the offering in church. Somebody says, well, I'm not going to give. That's not my spiritual gift. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> so, so everybody gives, yeah. should yeah. give. I encourage somebody, everybody to give something, even mm-hmm. if you have a penny, like you yes. mentioned the widow's mite. But some people have the spiritual gift of giving. Mm-hmm. So in other words, evangelism is a spiritual gift as well, or exhortation. So let's say, oh, I'm, uh, exhortation isn't my spiritual gift, so I'm not going to exhort anyone. No, mm-hmm. that's not the point. Or you could be a teacher. You could still teach a Sunday school class or teach a lesson in church. And maybe your spiritual gift isn't teaching, but you can still engage in these things. Yeah. And you could still sharpen those those tools in your toolbox to serve God. But some people are gifted for these things is the point. And, and you know, I've met, and to another thing about spiritual gifts is there's so many different ways to apply them. Because you mentioned money. I mean, obviously when people think about giving, they think money. But you could give your time. Some yes. people don't have much Amen. money to give. Yeah. They can give their time. So, uh, some people... I know people who love to make food and give it out to others who, yes. who, who need to eat. And so we've had people in the church who had the spiritual gift of giving. And believe me, I ate a lot of their food. You know? <laughs> and, and so other people just like to give gifts. Some people are just gift givers. Yeah. So there's so many different ways to apply each of these gifts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, I love that uh, both of these ladies, I feel like, you talked about at least one of your own spiritual gifts. You know, Stephanie yeah. is very giving. She's very generous with her time, uh, sometimes gifts. And then Lintia, she actually teaches little kids in school. I think, kinder- is it kindergarten, Lintia? Pre-K, yeah. So it's amazing yeah. that you you run the gamut. You teach 
pre-K age, and then you teach the ladies in our church. So it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Pastor, did you want to um, take yeah, this phone call? Sure let's, enough. Let's, let's talk to John. Long-time uh, listener, John. John, thank you for listening to us on the Heritage of Faith Conversations, and you're on the air right now. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Record, and happy birthday. Oh, thank you, John. Could you turn your radio down as well, please? We're getting that uh, feedback. Yes, all right. And, Micah, how are you doing? Good. Great to hear from you, John. Really happy to uh, hear your voice. Yes. Yeah. Now, what I wanted to ask a question, uh, Pastor Recker, um, you know I'm totally blind because uh, when I went to your church a couple of years ago with access to right, but uh, I'm ordering the Bible, a talking, uh, reading audio Bible uh, from the American Bible Society out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, that I paid for, or somebody helped me pay for. And what's the best version to listen to? Is the ESV a very good version? Well, it's a popular translation these days for sure, but I still like to use the King James Version in my Bible reading and when I listen to the Bible online, John. I just find that to be beautiful. You listen listen to it online, but I'm not able to get the new King James Version. I tried to get that, but they don't have that. They only had the ES, oh. ESV version. Oh, well, if that's all they have, then then get that by all means, you know? I mean, the ESV right. is a and popular also, translation. It, I'm sorry? It, it's a popular translation these days. I mean, I don't use it, right, but, right. but I know, I mean, I know people it, who is do. It still, is it still good to the Word, though? I, you know, I'm not an expert in all the different translations. I can't even say I've read it much, but oh. I do know people that I I have oh. regard for their spiritual lives that they do use the ESV. Yeah, okay. I, you and know. also they come in two, they come in two versions. One is drama, one is non-drama and drama. I'm getting the dramatized one in the ESV version. Okay, well, I'm sure you'll enjoy that, John, and yeah. it'll, it'll be a blessing and help for you. Yeah, okay. because I tried to get the the New King James version I, all over, but I the only thing that I had I do have the old version, uh, of, uh, but that uh, has the old talk in it like begot and all that, and I wanted the New King James version where it has none of that old uh, language in it. Oh well, I like the old language myself, but um, you know whatever you feel most comfortable with. Okay, John. All right, thanks, Pastor. Okay. Take care, Michael, and happy birthday again. Thank you, John. Thank you for calling tonight. Okay, so um, this evening we are talking about, in Romans chapter 12, about our surrender to God and our service unto Christ. And so as we move forward in this chapter, Lintia, in verses 9 through 11, so we've talked about surrender, that leads to transformation, and then when we're transformed, that leads to ministry and service and then when we get involved in service we have to be genuine in that service and so really the question in this passage is are we genuine are we sincere in our character Mm. and that's what these verses really deal with so what are some key elements of genuine unhypocritical christian character from romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 11 wow yes pastor um our love for the Lord must be genuine, must be genuine and sincere, um, mm-hmm. translated from the original without hypocrisy. Yeah. 
Our moral standard must be holy. We ought to be disgusted at the sight of evil. Mm. Uh, from the original, um, it means away from and to be shocked or horrified at something. Mm. Our service must be with zeal, and I'd like to add consistency. Mm. Yeah. Sincerity is being free from pretense or deceit. Oh, hypocrisy. Um, Joshua chapter 24 verse 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. I also like that he equips us in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7 reminds us to serve wholeheartedly. Why? Because he first loves us. We have to be mindful also not to get so caught up in doing mm. that we lose sight of being sincere and genuine. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it says here, let your love be without dissimulation. Mm. And that's hypocrisy, right? And one thing that really turns the world off toward Christian is just a blatant hypocrisy. Mm. None of us are perfect. None of us are absolutely consistent. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's true. And, you know... People say, well, I'm not going to go to church because there's hypocrites in church. Well, then you shouldn't go to the supermarket either, you know. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go, and definitely not Walmart, you know. There's a lot of hypocrites in Walmart, you know. But, but so these things should not keep us back from church. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we have to realize that we have to be sincere. Mm -hmm. And without this hypocrisy that is stifling and that is unglorifying to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another thing that I noticed about these characteristics as I was meditating on this section was, you know, they're all demonstrations of intensity. You know, a believer it shouldn't just love others, but he should love others passionately. You know, mm -hmm. a believer shouldn't simply dislike evil. As Lentia said, he should abhor it. He should run the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. You know, a believer shouldn't just walk toward good. It should cleave to the good or attach yes. himself Amen. to it. You know, there should be no laziness, only hard work. There should be no casual attitudes towards serving the Lord, but a mm -hmm. fervency of spirit. The bottom line is that God doesn't want Luke warm Christians. And this reminds me, of course, of Revelation chapter 3, talking where Jesus has written this letter to the church of Laodicea. And he's saying that, you know, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're not intense, you're not passionate. And so I, you make me sick. I want to spew you out of my mouth. So we need yes. to be Christians that are passionate and fervent in our spirit. Yeah. yeah. And, and I like this also where he says not slothful, mm. because laziness is really irritating. There's a verse in Proverbs, and I, I can't find it right now, but it talks about how smoke in the eyes is kind of like irritating, like a lazy person is irritating. Mm. And, and who likes to get smoke in their eyes? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's such a, a vivid yeah. illustration. And laziness is like that. And so, Christian, we can't be lazy in our service for Christ. We've got to be fervent, as yes, Paul said yes, in this yes. passage, fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Amen. And so then, Stephanie, as we continue to move down into verses 12 through 17, Paul continues to deal with authentic Christian behavior. Authenticity. I like that yes. word, right? Yeah. Isn't that a yeah, good, good word? word. Authenticity. <laughs> as, we're, as I've been saying, hypocrisy is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And this world, they can smell out a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. it, just, it, it almost seems as if unsafe people have noses for Christian hypocrisy. And so we have to be aware of that. So what do these verses tell us about truly authentic Christianity? 
um, authentic Christianity in verse 12 rejoices with hope and confidence in Christ, suffers with endurance and prays consistently. A true believer is hospitable, putting mm-hmm. the needs of God's people above his or her own needs yeah. in verse 13. And this should be demonstrated in practical deeds because, you know, talk is cheap. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can always say, oh, God bless you. And then you don't help. So that I don't think yeah. it counts. Um, verse 14 reads, bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Um, bless and curse not. Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit should not have a hateful attitude and take rev- or take revenge toward those who persecute them. Praise the Lord because we have the Holy Spirit who checks our emotions and thought yes, processes yes. and help us to forgive in our hearts so we can love, bless, and pray for those who wronged us. Yeah. Um, so, same way Christ forgave us and loves us. Verse 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Christians are able to empathize because we have the Father's heart of love, grace, compassion, and yeah, mercy. So good. And like the elder brother in Parable of Lost Things in Luke 15 that, you know, Pastor has b- had been preaching on, he did not have any ounce of compassion for his lost brother who lived in a pig's pen and came back. Verse 16, be of the same mind, one another, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Mm-hmm. It is simply yeah. to imitate our Lord who associated with the humble and simple. Yes. Christians are supposed to exercise humility, like uh, Micah said, by God's grace and must not think we are better or more holy than others. We should treat our fellow human beings how Jesus treated us and not give our Lord a bad name or a bad mispresentation, especially especially to people who are not of the same faith as ours. Yeah. I found that verse, by the way. It's Proverbs 10, 26. It always bothers me when I can't find a verse. (laughs) But it's as vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard. To them that send them, you know, vin- and v- vinegar to the teeth. From my understanding, is it vinegar decays the the enamel? Uh, mm-hmm. So, so laziness is like decaying and irritating mm. to others. And you know, Stephanie, this passage of scripture, you know what's authentic about it? It says, "Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not." Amen. That's not easy to do. No, you can't do that unless you're completely if you will, confident in the grace of God yeah. in your own life. And then it says rejoice with them that rejoice. That might sound easy, but <laughs> when somebody else got something that you would actually like <laughs> and you could and they're rejoicing about it, let's say let's say somebody got married and you would like to get married. Really you would really like to get married if that person but somebody got married yeah. and and they're rejoicing to mm-hmm. rejoice with them. Or if a lot of married people can't have children. So what if somebody else has a child and they're rejoicing, but you want a child too? Rejoice with them. That's that isn't easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not easy in this flesh. It only takes it takes the grace. Of, oh, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> we started we about two minutes early, so maybe we're, <laughs> we're finishing up here. I'm so sorry we didn't finish. Mike, yeah. close us off. Um, you know, I just th- I just think yes, there's hypocrisy, but on the other end, the Bible also says that if we live the way that Christ lays out, we also are going to have enemies. So, Paul, 
he's so beautifully he just says you know you cannot take revenge you cannot repay evil for evil and I think back to 2006 there was a real world example of this there was a mass shooting in a one room schoolhouse the Amish what did the Amish people do you know they went and immediately forgave the shooter's family you know the shooter had been killed but they went there and they said he's a person too he has a soul too he's standing in front of God right now but we forgive you and that's an example of how we are supposed to live Amen Amen. thank you Micah Stephanie Lentia God bless you all let's keep serving the Lord with a surrendered heart. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.